0: Hello folks, this is Robert, one of the tech doctors, and back with the other tech doctor for this series, Lisa Salinger, and we're going to do another part in our low-cost Braille series. Hello Lisa, welcome back.
1: Hello, pleased to be here again.
0: This time we're doing part three of this series, and we're going to be taking a little bit of a deep dive into the orbit. Reader. I guess it's called the Orbit Reader 20 officially
1: because it
0: has 20 braille cells. Every inch of it is used to either house keyboard or braille display or panning keys. There's a little spacing between the keys. They did a pretty good job of using the space and they built it in a very solid plastic casing, if you will. I'm not talking about an external case. I'm talking about the, the actual body of the unit itself.
1: You don't ever really want to drop a Braille display, but I feel like if by accident you should drop this, it would be okay. The plastic is not that really smooth kind that feels like it would just shatter on impact. It is thicker, so it's it's got a more blocky look than some of the Braille displays, which are thinner. But again, it feels very streamlined. It's comfortable to hold in the hand. I have relatively small hands and I can hold it without a lot of difficulty, but I don't think it's so small that it would pose a typing challenge for somebody with a larger hands.
0: The spacing is pretty good on the keys. They're not crammed real close together. The feel of it, honestly, including the keyboard, at least the spacing of the keys, reminds me a little bit of, of the old Braille and Speak.
1: Yeah, a little bit. Um, Not even so much the the keyboard, I guess, but the command structure mm-hmm. Um, is if you have used the Braille and Speak or a Braille Light in the past, this will be fairly familiar to you.
0: For people who haven't seen it, it's like a lot of the other braille displays that the the display itself is in the very front of the device closest to you and on either side of the display there are panning keys and they are little rocker switch type keys that if you press on the upper part of the switch you, you, you pan the braille display to the left and if you press on the bottom part um, you pan to the right and Then we have above the Braille display, we have dot seven, space bar, and dot eight or enter. Then above that we have a little cursor panel, which has four arrow keys and a select button in the middle.
1: Kind of feels like a remote control for your TV.
0: And above the arrow keys and the select button are the six. Braille keys.
1: One big difference is that on the top, you will not find cursor routing keys, but you will, uh, however, find eight dot braille.
0: We talked a lot about on the braille me. You have the cursor routing, but only six dot braille. And here on the reader, you have the eight dot braille, no cursor routing. I don't. I like cursor routing. I'm accustomed to it. I have it on most. Of my displays, I didn't find not having it terribly onerous.
1: No, I really didn't either. And you made a point in the last podcast, you said that the commands were different enough that when you were using the BrailleMe, it was like, you knew you were in BrailleMe mode. And with this, you knew you were kind of in orbit reader mode and you just know it's different. You don't reach for those cursor routing keys more out of instinct, I think, than anything.
0: It's interesting that with the Orbit reader turned off. The display is completely smooth. I mean, you can feel yes. you can feel some little the little holes where the pins come mm-hmm. through, but the the pins don't stick up at all when when the unit is turned off.
1: That is kind of different because normally you would associate that with kind of being in some sort of uh, sleep mode or like you just had a blank display, perhaps.
0: Yeah, you would think something was on to hold those pins in their in their down position, but that's just where they that's their, that's the resting position for the orbit reader when when it's turned off. It is just kind of interesting. Just to finish the tour quickly, there's nothing on the sides of of this unit. The only thing we have left on the back at the near near if you're if you're facing the front of the unit near the left side of the back, there's a power on off switch an SD card slot just to the right of that, and to the right of that, a micro USB port. And except for a couple of screws on the bottom that you can remove if you have to and replace the battery, that's it for this unit.
1: Yeah, the battery is replaceable, but it's not really like, okay, I have one battery that I use, and then I have a spare that's charging. It's not that kind of user-replaceable battery. It's more like, You use the one until the end of its life, and then you get a new battery, and you undo the screws, and you put them in. There is one other interesting thing about the Orbit Reader as far as the description, and that is that in the front, on the left front and right front corners, there are two holes on each corner, and those you can put – their suggestion was key rings. I was even thinking like firm notebook rings. You could put those through and then attach some kind of strap to them mm-hmm. uh, so that you could wear the unit. I'm a case nerd. I like good, secure cases. And this unit did not come with any case. Now, Executive Product sells a fitted leather case for the Orbit Reader, and I haven't yet seen that case. I can't remember the exact price, but it is somewhat pricey. I think it's around $90 or $100.
0: Last time I looked, it was 110
1: 110 Okay. Mm-hmm. Orbit Reader, last I knew, sold a case, I think it was twenty two ninety five. Depending on what you are looking for in the case, you might or might not be disappointed with this case. It is a large, functional, sort of square, nylon, zippered case. And When I got the case, I called Orbit and I said, I think you sent me the wrong case. I said, this is way too big. And they said, oh, it's meant to be that way on purpose. There's a divider that you can put in and it Velcros and you can use that to hold the unit in place. And I said, well, why is it so big? And they said, well, you know, you can put chargers and headphones and other stuff in the pocket. So to me, it kind of sounded like they found a case, any case, and they put their name on it. Mm -hmm. And that's their case. Um, Now, if you are sort of using that as a purse, it could work because there's a zipper pocket on the front. And, you know, you could put money and cards in there. You could put your phone in the other divided place. But again, you have to hold it flat when you open it. It is a nice sturdy case. It just, to me, is not an appropriate size for the unit. But if you want to go case free or you want to find your own case, I do like the fact that they have attachment points for the strap I would have even been willing to pay another $10, you know, here's your strap and here's your rings, but Uh it doesn't affect the overall performance of the unit.
0: The executive products case is designed for you to be able to put the orb reader around your neck and stand up and use it.
1: And I was confused when they talked about headphones. I should just clarify this because on neither of these displays, is there any audio output. Mm -hmm. The BrailleMe has beeps. They both make noises, but there is no audio. So I just thought the mention of headphones was not relevant to that particular situation. But again, that's me kind of being a case nerd.
0: The Orbit Reader relies on an SD card to store Mm -hmm. anything. In fact, this unit won't really operate without an SD card in it. One actually comes inserted in the unit, but you can use up to a 32 gig SD card. And so you can store a lot of Braille. This display has Bluetooth built in, so it interfaces nicely with your phones or tablets or computers.
1: I loved how beautifully it paired with my iPhone. I do like the million dollar words, but I was all but rhapsodic. I was like, this is so easy because I've used braille displays that had a lot more features and cost a lot more money and they didn't pair nearly as seamlessly I was nearly ready to unpair it and pair it again just to watch it go it was Mm -hmm. very very easy I thought
0: doesn't have a feature where it'll try to connect to your phone anytime you turn it on and your phone's in range. Yes. Do you like that idea, that kind of that automatic connection? I haven't played with enough mm. to really know whether I care one way or the other.
1: I guess I care a little. I would rather, in a sense, connect it myself. Mm-hmm. But when I need to use it and I need it, then I'm happy that it does. So I guess I have mixed feelings about it.
0: You can disable it. The time I wouldn't like it is the time when I want to interact with my phone and I happen happen to be reading a separate thing on the Orbit Reader and it's going to automatically connect up to the phone when that's not really what I want it to do. And you can pretty easily toggle the Bluetooth connection from being in connected to phone mode to being in standalone mode. What do you think about actually using this Orbit Reader? What are your feelings about
1: it? Some things are different, I guess. But each Braille display is a little different because it's more like the commands that I've used in the past. I really like it because I don't have to think as much. Mm -hmm. Um, Also, we talked to some extent about the sound. And for me, I guess I find this sound a little more soothing and less jarring Mm -hmm. because it doesn't refresh all at once. It's almost a continuous sound that's easier to kind of just put into the background. You kind of just kind of can turn your mind away from it and ignore it easier, I think.
0: Sounds a little bit like the shuffling of a deck of cards.
1: Yeah, or I've heard a rain stick.
0: You can, again, hear the sound of the orbit reader pretty realistically on your mystic access tutorial right it's unique in that it does make its very own sound and only you can really determine whether or not the sound is going to be a problem in the setting that you're wanting to use it in
1: yeah again if you have a career in radio and you're looking for a braille display probably neither of these Mm -hmm. would suit your purposes very well but for most other things, you'd probably be all right. The
0: quality of the Braille that the Orbit Reader gives you on its display is just fabulous. I've been reading a lot with it. And then when I switch back to to one of the hymns displays, their Braille is really great. But that Braille feels awfully soft after <laughs> reading a long time with the Orbit Reader.
1: And I find sometimes when you have really crisp braille it's almost sharp Mm -hmm. it's like you read for too long and your fingers get numb Mm -hmm. well this is crisp but it almost feels to me like the tops of the dots are just ever so slightly rounded so it is crisp but it's not sharp i would say at
0: least from to my fingers compared to the braille me the braille me braille is is sharper like it's a little more leaning toward cut you sharp
1: yeah I mean, it's not, but it's it leans. It, yeah. If you had to it, say which one was more, so
0: yeah, it's not going to cut you actually, but no. But I, I was noticing today when I was reading some with with the braille me that that it's it's braille does feel, even though they're both sharp and signage like braille, it it has a different feel to it. They're both very good braille in my opinion and you'd really have to try them to see which one you preferred right one thing that's really nice about uh, the orbit reader is that even though it does have a sleep mode that you can tap the power button and put it into even from its off state it comes up really quite quickly you just have to hold a power button for a second or so and it powers up it does run through refreshing all the cells one time before it settles down and displays whatever it last was being read. But it, it it's really quick to get up and running, so it wouldn't be much of a problem to to power it on and be ready to take a note pretty quickly, for example.
1: Right, and it will bring you up in the file that you were last in or wherever you last were, So you don't have to navigate menus to find what you want, which I find particularly appealing because that's one of the things I really want in a note taker is that kind of instant on access. Mm -hmm. And while you may have that one with others, having to navigate to where you were, if you remember where you were, and sometimes I do and sometimes I don't, Mm -hmm. uh, is just another little extra step or two.
0: The menu structure that it does have is pretty basic and in many ways quite simplistic. Honestly, it's a pretty easy device to learn, really.
1: hmm It's very basic. I mean, I've had customers of Mystic Access or people just say to me, you know, I really wish I could get something like the Braille and Speak. And in a sense, while it's not actually speaking Um, and it, it has a braille display instead, either of these displays kind of fits that description because you don't have wireless connectivity, you don't have internet, you don't have a lot of advanced things. Now, you do need a computer for some things. You need a PC to update them. You need a PC if you, or access to one, if you want to transfer books to the SD card unless you have a friend who can kind of just hook you up. I know somebody who has an Orbit reader and she doesn't have or use a computer. And so she and her friend send these SD cards back and forth in the mail like people used to do with cassettes. And the one will load her up with books and send it back. Mm-hmm. And then when she's done, she sends it back and they do it all over again. But, you know, that is an option if you kind of want Braille, but you want these lower tech options.
0: Yeah, it's a good point. It is a very basic device, but it has some pretty good reading Commands. I mean, it has a pretty good search feature so that you can find what you're looking for in your text. It's pretty good about letting you navigate by paragraphs and so forth. Of course, it doesn't support marked-up files like DAISY files or EPUB files. And the Orbit Reader doesn't do any translation.
1: Right. What you see is what you get, which, depending can be a really good thing because some people will write grade three or some people who either have read Braille a long time or are learning Braille have their own shorthand. Yeah. So you're not going to have a display get all fussy on you because it doesn't understand and can't translate your shortcut or your shorthand. It will just give it back to you exactly as it got it. It's kind of like there are advantages and disadvantages to Everything, yeah, you know, and the disadvantage is it doesn't translate. But I mean, I could see the day, for example, if we go completely to UEB, I think eventually, you know, displays could drop the grade two braille. Well, what about relics like me who like to write in grade two? Mm-hmm. Um, it will, it won't be a problem because it's just. What you see is what you get. What you put in is exactly what you get out. There are lots of Braille translation options. Some of them paid like Duxbury and some of them free. There are three programs that come to mind. There's Wintrans from NFB and APH has two. They have Send to Braille and Braille Blaster and each one has its own advantages and disadvantages. And so that would be something that you might want to research, but you can with relative ease, uh, select a file and have it translated for you into grade two Braille.
0: And that's what you would need if you really wanted to read a lot of text files on the Orbit Reader in grade two. You would need a program to translate them. So you're now back to kind of needing a, a PC or access to one or a Mac. The Orbit Reader is similar to the Braille Me in that it really does kind of have a reading function with with a series of commands and then it sort of has a different editing function with a series of commands somewhat different commands depending on whether you're reading or editing and I suppose some would or maybe wouldn't like that I personally am really fine with that because it's nice that You can't issue chord commands or commands with the space bar when you're editing so you don't ever accidentally start typing fast and end up pressing a space along with a key and it thinks it's a chord and it suddenly you find yourself back at the top of the file or something.
1: Right. You can't edit by mistake. And it, it does take a little getting used to. But I think especially for brand new users it provides a certain level of security and if you've used it for a while it's still kind of secure because you know like you said that you're not going to accidentally edit something important or end up in a file in a place where you hadn't intended to be
0: it is easy to go into edit mode if you want to edit a file but you have to you actually have to issue a command they do come out fairly frequently with firmware updates. I got my orbit reader back in December. There have been at least two, maybe three firmware updates since since I got mine. One thing that's a little bit confusing with the orbit reader right now as of the recording of this podcast on what is it, March 27th, 2019. Yes. It's a little bit uncertain exactly who is going to be selling and distributing the orbit reader at this I bought mine through the American printing house for the blind at this moment however it's my understanding that they are not selling the orbit reader no one knows if and when they will be again but they are currently available directly from uh, the manufacturer which is orbit research.
1: If you want one of these units, whichever one, you may or may not be able to call up and order it and have it delivered in three days. You may have to wait. You may have to call back a little because there has been a high demand. There have been some supply issues. So there's sometimes a bit of a waiting list.
0: Mm -hmm. I have been extraordinarily happy with how my orbit reader worked and I got it on December 12th up until last Friday where one of the dots, dot two in cell five just went away. Like it's just not, it just doesn't exist anymore as far as the orbit reader is concerned. There's nothing that I can do to make dot two in cell five reappear. So it's going to have to be Sent in for repair. I would say, in all fairness, that twice now, when I've purchased really expensive braille devices, I've had to go through two of them to get one that the braille worked correctly on. As I discussed in the last podcast, I went through uh, two now th- my, on my third Braille Me to get. A uh, braille that I'm that, that really really works well which it does now and now I'm seeing this dot go missing or this pin whatever it happens to it get, got stuck or whatever it did on the orbit reader and so it's, it's gonna it's gonna have to be repaired so I know that braille displays are mechanical and more subject to re- needing repair because of the moving parts but it's a little bit frustrating to be honest that there does seem to be so much repair needed and maybe it's just the nature of the beast but man we depend on these things we want them to to really work
1: right and i mean i think we're careful no one's no one's you know that i know of is using their braille displays and eating powdered sugar donuts or whatever and getting stuff in there I got my Orbit Reader 20 almost two years ago. Mm. I got it in July. It'll be two years in July. And so I was kind of not taking deep breaths and knocking on wood, but my dots were just fine until about two months ago. And I have two of them that do not work. Mm. And my unit is, of course, not under warranty. Mm Mm-hmm. So, I called APH and I found out that to get it repaired, it would be $75 to evaluate the unit. And then that cost would go toward the actual repair. And depending on the amount that was needed, the actual repair could be more than that, but it would not be less.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And so, I feel like, okay, I can limp along with two dots not working because I know where they are. And if I need to know something specific, like a number, I can put a space so that it moves it over one cell. I can kind of do that. But once three or four dots go, then I will probably bite the bullet. But to me, if they're making a low-cost Braille display, I guess my expectation would be that the repairs would be commensurate with that lower cost. Mm -hmm. Uh, These are similar prices to what you see with the higher end, uh, more expensive displays.
0: Yeah, I think a $75 evaluation fee is not that uncommon. The, The unknown for me is how much more... Would it likely be, and you know, because that's where where you really get into a lot of money in in the more expensive devices. If they uh, evaluate it and say, well, you're gonna have to have a whole new display that's gonna cost likely cost you several hundred dollars on on one, one of the more expensive several thousand dollar old style Braille displays. But what would it cost? how much could it cost to dis- to 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 replace an orbit reader display because you only paid less than a little less than $500 for, for the entire unit so i mean it, that's really an unknown for me i just don't know how it, how does how much is it would it go up
1: right exactly
0: as we kind of alluded to with with the Braille me you you are stepping into a brand new arena with these low cost devices they're just they just haven't been around very long and so we're growing along with them or maybe we could say they're growing along with us you know we're all learning we're all and i'm sure that the the manufacturers are are learning as well as they get more of them out into the to the hands of people i've gotten a lot of pleasure out of out of my orbit reader and out of my braille me and it's made me really enjoy reading braille for pleasure these things are fun to to work with and and enjoyable to use and they are worthwhile in that sense but they're like any braille display you you may well end up at some point along the way having to Deal with some repairs or deal with some issues, some bugs that, that are maybe frustrating in some ways, but that's just kind of where we're at. At least that's, that's been my experience.
1: Yes, exactly.
0: Let's see if we can keep working with these devices and, and they will not get better if no one buys them because they, they can't stay in business. They can't keep selling.
1: Right. Right. but
0: assuming that people do buy them, you know, I think there's some real potential
1: here. Not just potential. Potential is a good word because it kind of defines what could be coming. But there's very good usability right here and now. You can kind of, I feel, buy either one of these with relative confidence. You don't have to feel like, okay, this is really uh cutting edge this is for early adopters these really have sort of hit the realm i think of mainstream blindness tech and while they're still evolving i think that they're they've made very nice very respectable progress
0: i would totally agree with that it really goes back to to my realization that i enjoy reading my books on these devices they they're they're good to go when it comes to to using a braille display they 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 work well in standalone mode and they work well connected to a phone or a tablet you can get much more detail and specific information about commands and functionality in lisa's mystic access tutorial and if you want to debate some of this or ask some questions or Communicate with me further about it. You can send me an email at n c five r at icloud dot com. And how about you, Lisa? Where might they get in touch with you?
1: Probably the easiest thing to do is to contact me at Lisa at Mystic Access. That's all one word: Lisa at Mystic dot com.
0: I am Robert one of the tech doctors, and I will say so long for now.
1: Bye, everyone.